For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek, and I'm delighted, as always, to have you with me. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I read them all, I see them all, so keep them coming. And at the end of today's show, we're going to get back to your emails because they're all so fantastic. I really appreciate you guys so much being here, supporting our sponsors, sending me notes, letting me know what you're thinking really grateful guys. So thanks so much. All right. Later this week, uh, well, we've got some really great stuff coming up on the show in the next couple of days over the next week. By the way, I am going to be at CPAC uh, later this week, Friday, Saturday. I'm actually leading a phenomenal panel at CPAC on Saturday afternoon, um, right before President Trump speaks. We're going to talk about big tech and regime collusion and all of the legal and political and tech alternatives that we're developing and how we're fighting back against big tech. We're going to have this unbelievable panel with Eric Prince of Blackwater, Michael Seifert of Foursquare, John Cole, uh, who is an attorney who's fighting back against big tech legally. It is going to be a blockbuster conversation. So if you haven't gotten your tickets already, please do go to cpac.org slash DC, grab your tickets and be there, be there or be square. See all of your favorite conservative luminaries, including yours truly. Um, so I will see you there. Uh, also on Friday, we're going to have a really big show because we're going to talk about power. You know, we talk about it all the time here in different ways, right? Biden obviously has power. Um, you know, the, the judiciary has power. Big tech has power. The propaganda press has power. But what is it really? And what does it mean in the 21st century? Also, how can power be used and abused? We see a lot of abuses of power, but what does it really mean? And what does it mean for the future of the country? We're going to be joined here on Friday by my good friend, Doug Schoen, who's just brilliant and incredible. And he's got a new book out called Power. So that is going to be some kind of conversation. Remember, Doug Schoen, 
uh, is one of the last remaining moderate Democrats, and he's also worked with presidents and prime ministers around the world and so many others. He's seen power used and abused up close and personal. What makes an effective leader? What makes for an abusive leader or a failed leader? So we're going to get into all of that on Friday with Doug, not to be missed. Next week, uh, speaking of the abuse of power, I want to talk about TikTok. I do not have TikTok on my phone. I talk about the other social media platforms I'm on, Twitter, to social, Instagram. I am not on TikTok. I do not have an account. I don't have it on my phone. None of you should have TikTok on your phone. Your kids, your grandkids, nobody should have TikTok on their phone. Why? Because it is a CCP surveillance tool. Oh, well, Monica, I don't really care if the Chinese government has access to all my data on my phone. Really? Your bank accounts? your health files, your emails, your communications with your doctor, your family, etc. You don't care about that? You should. Because we are barreling headlong into direct military engagement with China. Whether it's over Taiwan or something else, they're ramping up for war. And they need as much data from you and the rest of the American people as they can get. So you should care. And we're going to talk about TikTok next week with one of my former colleagues at the Treasury Department who was working on this issue around the clock and knows the national security threat that it poses. This is a really important conversation, especially if you're into TikTok, your friends are into TikTok, your kids, your grandkids, you need to hear this conversation. Big one coming up next week and a ton more. We have so much good stuff on this show. That's why you're here. All right, let's get into it. Today's show is going to be a potpourri of news. Okay, we're going to cover a bunch of different stories here because there's always so much coming at us, but I really want to uh, delve into some of the headlines that are coming our way today. First up, the Monica Memo. Lori Lightfoot bites the dust. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who looks extraterrestrial, phone home, Lori Lightfoot, Um, She went down in flames last night. The Chicago mayor's race happened yesterday, which is sort of offbeat, right? It's like the last day of February. What is Chicago doing holding their mayoral race then? But they do. These kinds of deep blue radical cities march to their own drummer. It's a communist beat, but it is a beat. So anyway, they held their mayor's race yesterday, and it was a pretty wide open field. Lori Lightfoot came in third thousands and thousands and thousands of votes behind the number one choice, a man named Paul Vallis, and the number two choice. So she will not make the runoff. The incumbent mayor of Chicago did not qualify for the runoff race, which is astonishing. Um, I should say that Paul Vallis, the number one choice going into this race, um, he, he used to be a Republican, Okay, this is why this is so mind-boggling and gives us encouragement. You know, things are really dark, guys, and we talk about that all the time on this show, um, how the left, the communists control pretty much everything, and how do we fight back? And we're going to continue having these conversations with people like David Horowitz, Brendan Strzok. We're going to just blow this all apart as we continue to do. But there are glimmers of hope out there. And what happened last night in Chicago is a distinct glimmer of hope. The number one candidate yesterday, this guy, Paul Vallis, used to be a Republican. Then he switched parties because he realized Chicago needed a real mayor to take back control of the city and restore its greatness. Chicago is an unbelievable town. Chicago is a glistening jewel on the river. It really is. Chicago is one of my favorite cities. And if you haven't been there, I mean, you've really missed out, at least when it was safe to visit. Chicago is just an incredible, incredible place. Frank Sinatra did a whole song about it. He did New York, New York, back when New York, New York was a shining gem. But he also did a fantastic tune about Chicago, because Chicago just was that toddling town until the communists took control and ran it right into the ground. So the number one candidate yesterday who emerged from this race 
uh, Mr. Vallis uh, used to be a Republican, switched his party because he realized he could never be elected as a Republican. Remember, Rudy Giuliani got elected in the early 1990s. New York, all of these cities now are completely different places. So pretty much impossible for any Republican to really get elected absent some uh, crazy external event like a 9-11 or something like that. Then you might get an opening because people are scared and there's a crisis, an emergency. But absent that, you really have to have a D after your name to get elected in these places. So Mr. Vallis uh, changed his registration to D, but he's really an R, which is amazing. Crime absolutely spiraled completely out of control under Comrade Lightfoot. So he ran on restoring public safety, restoring the police, uh, regaining ground with police recruitment, supporting the people in blue who put their lives on the line every day rather than going to war with them as Comrade Lightfoot did. So crime was the number one issue in Chicago. He ran on that and emerged victorious. He does have this runoff with this other candidate, but public safety, number one issue. Number one issue. Um, Also, high taxes, quality of life, education, all of these issues in the inner cities that are just losing entire generations of Americans to gunfire, violent crime, gangs, drug overdoses, the huge flow of fentanyl in this country over the the wide open southern border and now the wide open northern border can't be ignored. It's flowing directly into these cities. He ran on that too. We're losing entire generations of kids because of failed public education, especially in these places. So he ran on all these issues, crime, education, high taxes, basically quality of life. You can't afford to live in Chicago, and if you do, you're scared to live here, so you're looking for a way out. That should not be the case in the greatest urban jewels in this country, like Chicago. He ran on that message and pulled out a major victory. Just incredible. And Lori Lightfoot, in total denial, listened to her last night in her concession speech. I'm grateful that we work together to remove a record number of guns off our streets, reduce homicides, and started making real progress on public safety. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that we were able to connect youth to uh, mental health services, housing, education, job training, and legal services. I'm extraordinarily proud that we made investments in communities that have been neglected for decades. I mean, communists are always in denial because they don't really, they, they don't care about the realities on the ground. They don't. They're completely ideological. It is a secular religion. So for them, they're worshiping at the altar of Marxism and the conditions on the ground don't matter to them at all. This is Lori Lightfoot. Doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. And remember, guys, and I keep saying this, that when you're dealing with the Democrat communists, understand they are not about policies that actually work and deliver for the American people, for you and me. Lower taxes, booming economy, world peace, stronger military, enforced border, low crime, education for your kids that actually educates them and does not indoctrinate them. They're not about that. They're at war with all of those things. Why? Because their main objective is the fundamental transformation of the nation. And they've got to destroy the country in order to rebuild it in this Marxist image. So stop looking to these Democrats as like, oh, gosh, golly, I really don't understand why they're not delivering. Don't they get how the free market works? Don't they get that the southern border should be closed? Guys, they're communists, but they're not stupid. They understand very well economics, the the need for a closed border, the need for, you know, to keep the American people safe. They understand all of this. They just don't care. And I will say that the results coming out of Chicago last night showed real promise. You know, and I said this last night on Hannity, um, people in blue cities and blue states will put up with a lot because they're politically Democrat, they're culturally Democrat, this is all they've ever known, it's their values, yada, yada, right? 
They will put up a lot and continue to vote against their own quality of life and their own uh, personal interests. They'll continue to do that for a long time and put up with a lot until they don't. We have seen this in recent history. You know, you saw it with the election of Rudy Giuliani in the early 90s uh, in New York. We've seen it on school boards in places like Seattle and San Francisco, where they just throw off the radical communists from the school boards. We saw it just a couple of months ago in San Francisco, where the people of San Francisco had had it so much that they recalled their communist DA, Chesa Boudin. San Francisco. This is happening in pockets around the country now. And Chicago might be the biggest of them all here, but people living in these places have to live day to day. It's one thing to be fighting an ideological jihad like in outer space, right? But it's another thing when you're afraid to drop your kids off at school because you might get mugged and your kids might get attacked on the sidewalk, Or your kids can't walk to school because of all of the fentanyl overdoses happening right outside the school. This kind of stuff is what wakes people up. And again, it takes a lot to switch your political party, to switch your vote, because the way you vote, your political allegiance is all deeply tied to your identity and who you are. So it takes a lot for people to switch. I understand it, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of the people in Chicago who still voted Democrat yesterday, but they chose a different path, a path that will actually improve their lives, a path that hopefully will deliver a mayor that delivers for them. So guys, don't lose hope. There are glimmers of hope all over the place. Chicago showed us another beam of light yesterday. And how fantastic is that? Okay, guys, happy warriors. That's what we are here on this show. All right, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, President Trump and how these people just cannot help themselves. Um, And I also want to talk a little bit about Volodymyr Zelensky um, and his latest comments, which are unbelievable. And if we have time, I want to give you an update on what's going on in East Palestine with our fellow Americans in the great state of Ohio. All that and more, straight ahead, sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes So good. It's really delicious, guys. And you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code Monica at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Welcome back, guys. All right, let's let's talk about uh, two very different leaders. Volodymyr Zelensky, 18 Ys on the end of his name, apparently. And when do we start calling it Kiev? It's Kiev. <laughs> when do we go with Kiev? This is another globalist nightmare. So Zelensky yesterday was speaking at some sort of forum, I assume in Kiev, 
And he was asked a question about American involvement and American commitment to the war in Ukraine, which, as long as Joe Biden is president, will be never ending. And I told you all the reasons why. It's because he and his regime and the entire globalist regime uh, is using the war as a huge money laundering operation. So they are empowering and enriching themselves through this war. And that's why it's never going to end. Why would they just cut off the gravy train for themselves? They won't. They absolutely won't. So as long as Biden is president, this war and the hundreds of billions of dollars that we are pumping into it will never end. This is why you see no effort uh, for diplomacy here to bring Putin and Zelensky to the table to bring a diplomatic end to this war, a political end. You don't see it. Ask yourself why. I mean, Biden's all like, ooh, diplomacy. Blinken is going here and Blinken is going there. But Blinken ain't negotiating any kind of settlement here between the Russians and the Ukrainians. And now you know why. And I, I think it's more widespread than just this, okay? I mean, I think, honestly, I think um, it has to do with the Ukrainian biolabs that the United States was running prior to the pandemic. That's Anthony Fauci that, and an intel operation all across Ukraine. Um, it's entirely possible that SARS-CoV-2 was actually developed in those Ukrainian biolabs and then trafficked to Wuhan. Vladimir Putin found out what the hell was going on there and said, excuse me, you are doing dangerous gain-of-function research on my border? I don't think so. And again, not to excuse Vladimir Putin. He's a murderous thug. Everybody knows that. The, the invasion of Ukraine, totally outrageous and unacceptable. However, think about this. Um, if the Mexicans... We're doing dangerous gain-of-function research in Tijuana. And we had evidence that all kinds of dangerous pathogens were being developed there. What do you think we would do? Just saying. What we know about the Ukraine war, what we know about SARS-CoV-2 and the origins and the development of it, well, we're just scratching the surface. There is so much more truth to emerge. Mark my words. But anyway, Zelensky is at this panel yesterday and he's asked about American commitment, American involvement, and he responded by directly threatening us and claiming that American sons and daughters will have to fight and die for Ukraine. Listen. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's a nature that we're talking about. And they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. So he wants your children, your grandchildren, you, your friends to go over there and fight and die on behalf of Ukraine. Oh, hell no. Hell no. In fact, I tweeted hell no yesterday and hell no began trending on Twitter. I think I, I set the pace. I think I was the little rabbit going around the track with the hell no. I mean, this POS, this ungrateful little POS who is constantly money grabbing and weapon grabbing and I need more and I need more and laying down the land. I need it. I need it. I want it. Give it to me for a fight that's not even ours. That's Zelensky. But now we have a tale of two leaders because I want to switch to Donald J. Trump. So Trump uh, is obviously running again for president. Um, you see so many in the propaganda press that just will not cover him, trying to ignore him. And the propaganda press is bending over backwards to push all of these establishment candidates on us, right? Um, it's just around the clock with Nikki Haley. It's just wall-to-wall -wall Nikki Haley. And none of it is working because she's still at zero, one percent. I mean, I like Nikki Haley. She's a nice person, but she's not going to be president of the United States, and she's certainly not going to beat Donald Trump. So anyway, the propaganda press all got their marching orders, push all these establishment candidates and so on, and ignore Donald Trump. Just ignore him, blow him off, pretend like he doesn't exist. 
The problem here is that the base knows he exists and the base is still emotionally attached to Donald Trump. But the establishment is infuriated by that, of course, like they were infuriated the last six years since Trump announced for president the first time. They're just infuriated by it. But their tactics are completely wrong and counterproductive to their cause of defeating Donald Trump. They think if they attack him, they think if they ignore him, they think if they like assault him with the the law and the DOJ and these FBI raids and everything else, that somehow that's going to defeat Donald Trump. Have you heard of reverse psychology? (laughs) Reverse psychology. They should be like embracing Trump or short of that, they should just be covering him neutral. If they covered him in a neutral way, people would be like, oh, yeah, it would like take the charge off of Trump. But they can't do it. They can't do it. They can they only have one mode, which is attack and ignore. Hopefully he'll go away. But what they don't understand is when they do that, it only strengthens Donald Trump. It's really, it's it's a remarkable thing. So listen to this. So the Club for Growth, which, you know, does some pretty good policy stuff. They're a leading conservative campaign group. Um, And they they do uh, focus on the economy, tax cuts, regulatory relief. They do do some very good policy work. But they're also very establishment. So they, from the beginning, they couldn't stand Donald Trump. So the Club for Growth um, is hosting this donor retreat in Florida and has apparently invited all of the top 2024 Republican prospects for president except Donald Trump, who lives right down the road in Palm Beach. So this is an in-your-face snub. The candidates invited are the aforementioned Nikki Haley, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is uh, a former pharmaceuticals magnate. He's now a conservative influencer, a very, very smart guy. Um, Also, top Republicans who have not declared their candidacies, but will probably announce uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Um, just to be clear, none of these people stand a chance. The Club for Growth is now led by former Indiana Congressman David McIntosh. Um, he's had an on-off relationship with Trump, but like I said, they're basically establishment, so uh, they're opposed to Trump and the whole America First agenda. So you've got these polls now coming out. And some of the poll numbers are mixed on Trump versus DeSantis. And like I said, it's Donald Trump and then everybody else. And then to make it a two-man race, it's Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and everybody else. Okay? So poll after poll shows Trump way ahead. There are some polls that show DeSantis closing in on him. Maybe you see an outlier poll that shows DeSantis right now maybe a little bit ahead of Trump. But the vast majority of polls show Trump way in the lead. 15 points, 12 points, 15, 20. Some polls have 30 points ahead. So who knows? But um, yeah, that, that shows how the race is shaping up. And according to an Emerson College poll, okay, an Emerson po- College, and Emerson College is way out there on the radical left. I mean, talk about crazy institution. Emerson is way out there. So they just released a poll saying that Trump is still favored to win the nomination. In a hypothetical 2024 GOP matchup, the question was, which candidate would you like to see as the GOP nominee in 2024? Trump received 50%, DeSantis 25. So this poll by Emerson has Trump up 25 points. Pence got eight, Haley got five. So uh, they've got um, the vast majority of these polls have Trump sitting atop this field by a pretty substantial margin. Obviously, DeSantis has not announced his run yet, um, but he did have a couple of things to say about President Trump. Listen. Donald Trump was speaking to things that 
some of the old guard refused to address. And, and that's just a fact. And, you know, he can say, you know, what he wants about me. I'll always give him credit for the things that he did uh, that were positive. And I'm, and I'm appreciative of a lot of, of the things uh, that he did. Doesn't mean I, you know, agree with, with everything um, that he's doing lately or whatever. Uh, but ultimately, it's about delivering for the people you represent and delivering for the country. I think that Governor DeSantis has been and continues to be an absolutely phenomenal governor for Florida, the best governor in the country, in my opinion. Um, And I also think he's handling Donald Trump really well. Smart. Look, DeSantis is not a declared candidate yet, right? And Trump is coming at him because Trump has one speed attack. Um, And DeSantis is DeSantis not declared yet. And so he's ignoring the attacks, which is smart. And he's saying nice things about President Trump, which I I understand in his new book, DeSantis' new book, he says great things about Trump and his presidency and policies. All great. DeSantis is a total class act. Now, if DeSantis gets in the race, all bets are off. All bets are off. I don't know how DeSantis is going to handle Trump. He might continue to stay above the fray, which will probably work for him. You can't take Trump's bait. If you're running against Trump, you can't take his bait. What are you, stupid? Remember the last time in 2016 with, uh, with Marco Rubio trying to out-Trump Trump with the insults and everything? Did not work. Will never work. You're never going to out-Trump Trump. So I think, you know, DeSantis is so smart just to lay back for now. When he gets in the race, just, you know, talk about policy. Say that President Trump is, was an excellent president. I'm focused on the future. That's the way to do it. And then we'll see how Trump responds to that. Um, We did have an interesting turn of events over the last couple of days because we've got, you know, some high-profile people supporting a DeSantis run for president, including Paul Ryan, Jeb Bush. So it's going to be interesting because if DeSantis gets the establishment uh, support, well, then what happens? So he'll get, you know, a lot of the big donors, he'll get the establishment support, but the MAGA base is still totally with Donald Trump. And it's an emotional bond, not a political one with Trump. It's an emotional one. So that's going to be very interesting. I think there's no question that Ron DeSantis is running. I think it's very clear he's got this new book out. He's doing a book tour. Um, He's taking on Disney, which he probably would have done absent the presidential race. But he's doing a lot of things, media tour, et cetera, which tells me he's going to get in this race. He does not want to be Chris Christie. He doesn't want to miss his window. So I think he's going to get in. And it's going to be interesting to watch Trump and DeSantis. These two 800-pound gorillas really duke it out. Amazing. Get the popcorn. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the latest on East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, Deal with that a little bit, and then we'll get to your emails, okay? But first, guys, listen up. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group, now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. So you'll have a place for safekeeping for all of that gold and silver. Just text Monica to 989-898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool that they have to keep inflation under control and it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. So hedge inflation by owning gold, whether physical gold and silver in your new safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Monica to 989-898. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Well, you know, over the past couple of years, the Democrats have been 
completely obsessed with Pete Boot Edge Edge, uh, the mayor of small town South Bend, Indiana. And yes, I know Notre Dame is there, but I mean we're talking we're talking small town. Um, we're not talking about New York City. We're not talking about Miami. LA. We're talking about South Bend. But the press loves this guy and have been bending over backwards working with the Democrats to promote Pete Buttigieg as a presidential prospect, going from nothing to the top position in the country and the leader of the free world in like no time stat. Zero to a hundred. Why? Well, because he's gay. I mean, let's just face it here, okay? He's not stupid, but he is identity politics at its absolute most robust. Pete Buttigieg, right? Like, oh, we could get the first gay president in Buttigieg, so let's support him. No matter how incompetent, how ridiculous this guy is, we're going to continue to push him. So Buttigieg uh, really absolutely blew it on East Palestine, and we're going to get to this here in a second, but he took three weeks before he went there because, you know, he's too busy on personal time. He literally will tell reporters, oh, why are you asking me this? I'm on personal time. He did that last week or the week before. We brought it to you here. Uh, A reporter out on the street in a public arena, the guy is Secretary of Transportation. He is in the administration. He's in the cabinet. He does not have a moment off. I can tell you, having served as assistant secretary, cabinet level, anybody high up in the uh, U.S. government, you don't have a second off. Yes, you sleep. Yes, there are weekends, but you are on the clock, around the clock for the American people. There's not a moment that you are not working, paying attention to your secure phone, checking your emails, working on behalf of the country. But Buttigieg took, what, three months off for paternity leave? And then he's taking uh, private time, personal time, days off, PTO, whenever he wants, not answering questions. And it took him about three weeks to get to that industrial catastrophe that is ongoing in Ohio. Well, Buttigieg, I think between that catastrophe and I think between this story that I'm about to bring you, I think his presidential prospects are pretty well done. A U.S. government watchdog is now auditing Buttigieg and his use of taxpayer-funded government airplanes for trips. His office acknowledged this earlier this week. The Transportation Department Office of Inspector General will review 18 flights Buttigieg made on FAA planes over seven trips. The audit will reportedly also include a travel review by the previous Transportation Secretary under President Trump, Elaine Chao, who happens to be married to Mitch McConnell. So when asked about this yesterday, how did Buttigieg respond that he took all of these government aircraft? Well, he says, you know what? It's just cheaper and easier than having to buy all those airline tickets. Listen. There is a portion of the time, I'd say about 10 to 20 percent, when we use our agency's aircraft. This is not chartering a private jet. This is a a government aircraft that uh, is assigned to the FAA. Usually when we use it, that's because uh, for me to travel uh, with staff uh, turns out to be cheaper than buying all of those airline tickets. What a joke he is. What an absolute joke. This is what you get with an identity politics America last administration. So if it turns out that there were commercial flights and economy class seats that were available when he decided to take a private government jet um, you know, it's, it looks really bad. I can't say that the press is going to hold him accountable for this, but he is now under investigation, as is Elaine Chow. Now, they probably brought up the Chow thing because they're trying to provide cover for Buttigieg on this investigation. But guys, I can tell you, look, when we flew around the country, you know, Secretary Mnuchin, me, a couple of others in the Treasury Department. When we flew domestically, it was always commercial and it was always economy class. You don't saddle the American taxpayer with a first class ticket or a private jet cost. You don't do that. You are supposed to be a public servant, meaning serving the public, not serving yourself. 
Now, when we went abroad, it was a little bit of a different issue because of security concerns. So when we went to the Middle East, for example, we went to China, we went to India. I've been all over the world. Um, and when I was in my government service, when we went around the world, there were certain places where we needed a government jet because we needed the extra security. That is a different situation. You know, you're flying into Saudi Arabia, you need a government jet. But when we went to Paris for the G7 or the G20, we flew commercial. But, you know, the left, they all talk this good game about communism, but they don't want to live under communism. And they don't want to live like regular folk. Oh, I'm in government? I'm going to take a government jet. Domestically. You know, Washington to Chicago. Washington to Dallas, wherever he was going. It is a complete abuse of power and an abuse of the American taxpayer, but they simply don't care. They don't care. So he is under investigation now. I do think his presidential prospects are probably um, over, maybe not over, but certainly have dried up. They've dried up. They've got other fish to fry. You know, they've got Gavin Newsom. They've got Michelle Obama. They might have Mrs. Clinton again. Who knows? Pete Buttigieg is way down on the totem pole. All right. I want to give you, speaking of Buttigieg, a quick update on what's going on in Ohio, because it does sound like a lot of people in the vicinity of this train derailment and the toxic mushroom cloud are coming down with something like chemical bronchitis, which is really, really terrifying here, okay? Um, Residents in this whole area, they're now coming down with skin rashes and illnesses that they are calling chemical bronchitis. These ailments are now directly associated with the exposure to all of these chemicals. There is a story that quotes a resident, Melissa Blake, who lives within a mile of the crash site, said she was diagnosed with bronchitis after she started coughing up gray mucus and was having difficulty breathing two days after the crash. Another resident, Deborah Weiss, who is a nurse practitioner um, in the area, said people are coming in complaining of burning to their lungs, nasal drainage, eyes burning, throat pain, unknown rashes that have started since uh, they've been back in their homes after this crash. Howard Yang, a manager at Serum Fab, which is a manufacturing company near the site, told uh, the news there that half of his workers were too sick to work as of February 21st. The firm suspended operations for a week due to the release and burning of vinyl chloride, which of course is a highly toxic chemical that was being transported by that train. He said that when his employees came back to work, they began dropping like flies. Now, the EPA has opened a site uh, near the derailment, and they're pushing for Norfolk Southern, the railroad, to clean up this mess as as fast as possible. And the agency says they, they continue to monitor the air and the water around the site, but people are still coming down sick with all of these rashes and bad coughs, breathing problems, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, the EPA and the state, They're all saying that their testing has shown no signs of contamination from the derailment in the air or in the water. And and they're saying it's it's all safe, safe to drink, safe to breathe. Really? The EPA administrator, Michael Regan, not Michael Reagan, (laughs) Michael Regan made a statement to that effect. Hey, it's safe. Even Rosie O'Donnell came out last week, I guess it was, and she drew the analogy to 9-11 when Christine Todd Whitman a Republican who was the head of the EPA at the time was saying, oh, the air in and around the ground zero site in New York City, safe, don't worry about it, breathe in, breathe in deep. And now we know all of that was false and how contaminated the entire area was. So nobody believes the government anymore on anything. Origins of COVID, uh, the border, all they do is just spew lies and they're spewing lies about this too. Meanwhile, the Biden administration continues to lay the blame at Trump's feet for this. Trump hasn't been president in two years. But they're all in the mainstream press and propaganda press are all pointing fingers at Donald Trump. You know, the punching bag for the communists and for the ruling class. 
But even the Washington Post says, oh, wait a minute. That's not true. The Washington Post did a review of regulatory changes under the Trump administration, and the review found that not a single regulatory change made by the Trump administration caused the derailment to happen. I mean, even Trump responded to that. Wow, is the Washington Post becoming legit? (laughs) No, not quite. But this is one that they really couldn't square. I mean, they don't care about the lies. They know they'll never be held accountable for any of them. Um, But this is one that they happen to not let stand here, which again tells you that Pete Buttigieg is done. Because if the powers that be on the left thought that he was a viable presidential candidate, they'd be protecting him on this whole catastrophe. And you would not get this kind of blowing up of of the narrative. Um, In the last segment, we did talk about Vladimir Zelensky and his claim now that American sons and daughters are going to have to die for Ukraine. I don't think so. And we just talked about East Palestine and the ongoing catastrophe there. The new Ohio Senator, J.D. Vance, uh, made the comparison between what is going on in his home state of Ohio versus the money that we're sending to Ukraine. Listen. We're talking about a town of 5,000 people plus some surrounded folks uh, who have been affected by this. And we're also talking about money uh, that very well may have been allocated in previous programs before. Think about this, Jesse. If we can bail out the Wall Street banks, if we can send $120 billion uh, to the country of Ukraine, surely we can spare some for some of our own citizens whose town has been affected through no fault of their own. He's exactly right. But this is what you get with America last. It's time in 2024, it's going to be long past time to bring back America first. All right, when we come back, we're going to hit your emails straight away. It's about time we get back to your emails, so don't miss a second. Okay, guys, time now for the Wednesday email bag. Remember, the email address is Podcast at gmail.com. So let me know. Send me a note. PW writes about what we've been talking about really since the beginning of the show. We talked about it again late last year. But we do pepper our conversations on this show with the spiritual war. And, you know, how you, once you see the spiritual nature of this struggle and this battle that we're in, you can't unsee it. So PW writes in about the spiritual nature of this war and the need to bring God back to the center of America. PW writes, good evening. Your podcast on the lack of spirituality in this country is right on. We have to find a way to get God back into our society It's going to be a tough thing because so many people have put God out of their lives. Well, amen, PW, and thank you for this. Thank you for writing in on this. You know, I was speaking to our friend David Horowitz, who's going to join us on this show pretty soon. Um, I was talking to him recently. I used the word evil to describe the left, and he said, thank you for saying that. Thank you for characterizing what's going on here as evil. That's a spiritual term. It's a descriptive term. It's an adjective, but it's a necessary one, evil. And thank you, uh, PW, for writing in on this because it gives me a chance to reiterate the reality confronting us. This is a spiritual war. Something is happening on a higher plane. God versus the enemy. Good versus evil. Light versus darkness. However you want to look at it, however you want to characterize it, but it's real. And these battles are not ephemeral. They're not happening in purgatory or heaven or whatever. They are concrete. They're happening right here, right now, and we're in the crossfire. Human beings right now are in the crossfire of what's happening here. Remember that uh, late last year, the last week of the year, we did a series of special shows with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who's written this phenomenal book called The Return of the Gods, small g, gods. Um, And if you haven't heard those shows, go back and check them out. There are three separate shows the last week of the year last year. They are incredibly important shows to frame what we're really going through right now. And what Rabbi Kahn 
argues is that in order to rid the country of these dark forces that have settled on it, we must put God first place. We must restore him to the core of this country. As Khan points out, and others have talked about, in the 1960s, we threw God out of the public square. We threw him out of public schools. We threw him out of the courtrooms. We threw him out everywhere. And by doing so, we allowed in the enemy and his minions who are having a field day. I mean, just look around at the death and destruction and the lies and the deceit. I mean, to me, when I see drug overdoses, people overdosing with needles in their arm, when I see parents bringing little kids to drag queen shows, the evil is like right out there, totally in our face. Having a field day. Having a field day. This country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and man, have we gone completely adrift from that. If we want God's protection, we have to make it so. We have to earn it back. The only way we're going to do that, PW, is by bringing God back and making him the center of everything. So thank you, PW. That gave me an opportunity to riff on God and the spiritual nature of what we're fighting here. So thanks so much. Guys, if you want to let me know what's on your mind and get your email read on the show, you got to send me one. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for me here on this Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining me. And for checking out our phenomenal sponsors. We all really appreciate that. We're going to be back here on Friday with a full and very important discussion about power and how it's used and abused. Doug Schoen is going to join us. It's going to be a really blockbuster conversation, not to be missed. Uh, Also, next week, we've got some big stuff coming up. I want to talk about TikTok and some other things next week, which is including COVID, with some really big guests on what we now know, blowing the lid off the truth. Three years too late, but better late than never so that we are equipped with the evidence and the facts. So don't miss a minute on the Monica Crowley podcast. Have a great end to your week. I will see you at CPAC later this week. And I will see you right back here on Friday with another phenomenal show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.